music playing at the same time right now and i am deaf thank you you're welcome thank you welcome back everybody heavy metal over six pack what up yes. that podcast where we uh, drink a bunch of beer and talk a bunch of music sometimes usually usually mostly mostly at least 90 percent of the time the yeah. occasional uh, random rant <laughs> um a few uh a few what I what I consider positive stories about Pastafarians and yes, and uh, the important great great the spaghetti monster in life and the um and their noodly actions. Gotta be careful. Noodle reactions. Noodly. Oh, noodly. You, you gotta gotcha. say noodly. You gotta say noodly. Correctly. All right, my bad. Noodly. I went to culinary school, not word school. So we have Anthony. We have Jay. We have Marcus. We We're have all here for you guys today. Yes. This being except the, for you, <laughs> you know who you are. Yeah, you yeah. right there. Not you people. We're break, not here for break you. Break that fourth wall, Jay. Break it. Use your face. Don't use your face. <laughs> I told you not to use your face. Ow. <laughs> what have you learned? <laughs> Don't use my face. <laughs> okay, so real quick to start out. I figured we would knock this out, get this out of the way really quick, if you don't mind. We have a concert review to do. We do. Really quick. We do, we do. Really quick. I'm sorry, Jay. You weren't there. You weren't there. Heavy metal over a six-pack live music report. Arcus is apparently popular. I am so sorry. I'm like multitasking. Like so, I have to put my phone away. You tell me. You tell me not to. Don't look at your phone, Marcus, unless we're on a break. That's don't what. look at your phone, Marcus, unless we're on a break. But <clears throat> excuse me. But all right, so Jay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you weren't here to enjoy this with us because, um, in my opinion, it was fantastic. It was very good. But um, the bits you guys shared looked interesting. I was covered in my sweat and other people's sweat. It was good. Yeah, we decided to mix it up with the locals. Oh, all right. For the um, yeah. for the August Burns Red Set, and then I actually wanted to like step back and I actually wanted to see Parkway Drive, mm -hmm. which was hence why I didn't mix it up with the locals. Plus, the light um, show was pretty impressive. Uh, it, it, it it was good. It was like so. We went to the um we went to the Worcester Palladium uh, last Wednesday, whatever date that was. Mm -hmm. We saw the Parkway Drive uh, Reverence Tour, uh, featuring Parkway Drive, mm -hmm. August Burns Red, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, Devil Wears Prada, yes, and Polaris. Polaris, yeah. One of your your uh, last episode. Yes, like last episode, I actually did a um, smashed banana album review on Polaris. It's like he knew it was coming. Almost. <laughs> Guilty. You know, there's a, there's another show that we're that we're planning on going to. It's uh, the Atreyu in November, mm -hmm. and they're actually opening 
ice being opened kills. by Ice Nine Kills. So I've actually been checking out like Ice Nine Kills. I've been checking out like all these like opener bands. Well, so, like I want to have a general. Like I want to I want to know, know about on. these bands and like Ice Nine Kills. Like you know, topic for another day. But like they're 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 fucking cool, man. Been around for a little bit too. Have you, have you ever heard of the used? Uh yes. Okay, Ice Nine Kills is like the used but heavier. We were talking about it last episode. You played a few for us. Yeah, I was going to say. Did I? Oh, we listened. I drank a lot. Mm-hmm. Part of our jobs. So, anyway, going back to the, uh, the, 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 the Reverence Tour, Parkway Drive. Okay, my first experience with Parkway Drive, what I actually figured, we can just do like a quick summary of like the bands, like you can throw some thoughts in yeah. a, a new way. And I actually figured like one of the things that we should do when we do the, um, when we do the, uh, the concert reviews, like we would review anything else. We should give each one of the bands a one to six rating. All right. Like, not necessarily some smash... I don't know. We can figure out another name for it later. But, you know, we, we rate everything else, like, one through six. So, well, like, let's go, let's go quickly through, like, all of these uh, four bands. And we can each uh, give them... I guess we can start with the opener, Polaris. Do it. Do Learn it. some stuff. Because I remember when I, did the, um, when I did the album review, I couldn't find any information on them. Because I guess they were that new. Right. So, like, I was pretty much just going, like, off of my, my gut kind of thing. Found out they're from Australia. They are, yeah. Woo! Well, yeah. I... I I'm pretty sure Parkway Drive is the one who brought them, too, if I'm correct. Yes. Yeah. Which Parkway Drive is Australia. They are Australian, yep. Yes. Oh. Um, more talented than what I think I gave them credit for. Like, I, I didn't I didn't realize. Now, granted, the Worcester Palladium. Uh, no, in the Worcester Palladium, my, you, you have thing. to be in, like, the perfect cone of awesomeness in order to actually get everything else other cuz there are parts of that there are parts of that room where you're only going to hear double bass mm-hmm. there's parts of that room where it's going to sound muffled like unfortunately like when the guys were like actually talking to the crowd i had no you idea what they say you just pretty much wait for them to stop and everybody goes ah pretty much um but polaris like delightful there, 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 as an opener and you know what? Like, what happens is when you have a, when you have a bill that has four bands on it. Usually, the first couple because they're they're like you know whatever. The crowd's not really into it. And I actually even made a made a comment like being like we were talking about it when we were there. Like being a Wednesday night, there was a lot of room in that room. We we didn't think the upstairs was open, right? Like on the balcony, and it's like oh, there's not that many people here. Like we didn't know what to expect being like Wednesday night because like you can still like move around and like yeah. whatnot. Which that changed, yeah, like, that changed later. Real got, quick. Well, you know, the first couple acts, people trickle in. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like that, guys. When the when the when the show starts at seven, get there for seven. What was my comment? Oh, everyone just got out of work. It was that too? And then it was just like. It was that too? Like I lucked out. Like that that could have been us if um if I was if it was like today's work day. But, um, Polaris, great energy, great sound. They actually got like a good bump from the crowd. Like I saw a pretty impressive wall of death. Yeah, and a few people. I mean, a lot of people sang along too. So they're yeah. There was there was that. There was like some bump. You know what? Good response. And the other, the other thing is, especially when you're the opening band, you're not going to get 100% of the volume no, right. and the production that you're going to get. So, I mean, the lights are very minimal. Like, they had a couple of strobes, and like they, they the went dark in a couple of times. Um, but, like, when, you, when you're the opener, especially at the Palladium, I know that your volumes are down to, like, a minimum. Like, they're really just kind of giving you, like, the basic, like, package kind of a thing. But they sounded good. Um, my issue with uh, with the Palladium, with any of the bands that we saw, because they're um, well, Devil Mayor is, is kind of up there, but um, Parkway, August, and Polaris, they have a lot of really um, technical guitar work. With, yes. With not, but the thing is, you can't really hear it. You just hear the. Dur, dur, 
And like that's my. Well, that's why I say you have to be in that perfect that perfect zone of like I'd I'd be willing to bet if you actually go upstairs like where where like you're like above like the mids and the lows kind of a thing of the of the of the system you could probably get more of the technicalities. But if you're off to the side like where we were for like Parkway, I mean unfortunately it does get muffled out like a little bit because I don't it's just it's angled funny. But it's also a pretty close and personal venue. There's that too. It's a small venue, and there's a lot. There's a lot of decibels getting pumped out of that place. But um, Polaris is an opening band. Very impressed. Like I, I thought they delivered, considering they had like one album. They were very like they were fun dudes. I like their energy. Um, two vocalists. They have their lead and their bass player actually takes care yeah, of like all of the uh, all the clean stuff. Which I noticed when he sang, he like he didn't touch his instrument. So it's like just kind of funny how he, like he recognized the fact that bass players are really necessary. Right. Um, but for, be, for being an opening band, like I actually like, I really dug them. I thought they had like good energy. Like if I was gonna go four out of like one out of six, I would say probably a solid four. Yeah, I'd probably be in your same boat. I will agree with you on that. And that's also putting, the, like I said, putting the fact that they were an opener. Now, Devil Wears Prada. I just said this, but now Devil Devil Wears Prada. Me so, personally, I'm a minimal fan of right. De- Devil's Wear Prada. Like they're, they're, um, I am even more of a minimal fan now because I thought they were terrible. The, I think their their style is just so. What's the word I'm looking for? I didn't realize they were so noisy. We, that's the thing. But this, I mean, look, look at Miss May I stuff like that. Like it's, it's all sounds so similar. You know what I mean? And I don't know if it was where I was standing, but their light show just blinded the piss out of me. I couldn't see shit, like half of it. I don't know. It was unfortunately. And that man shouldn't have his shirt off. He was not in the picture. Well, he's got a lot of he's off. got a lot of artwork. That's awesome. <laughs> a lot that's, of artwork. That's great. Like he, that's pretty much his shirt. Like he he's has it tattooed of. on his body and like moving pictures. I mean, he was pretty much he pretty much had a graphic tee. He had graphic something tattooed onto his person. But we're not we're not here to knock character. I I mean, like I said, I don't know. Like I. They were I, fine. I mean, I didn't. I've never been a big fan of them, unfortunately, so I, I can't give them. A, I mean, maybe that's the thing. Like, I'm not a huge, own, I'm not a huge fan, but I like you know, like even when you don't like somebody, like I don't really care for Marilyn Manson music, but I think he's phenomenal live. Right. Like I thought maybe like if you don't really care for his music, maybe they'd be great live. They weren't great live. Oh, okay. And I mean, they had Polaris in front of them, and they had they they had my uh, binky behind them. So right. I mean, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> meh. Two. Uh, I'm gonna go in the middle. I'm gonna give him a three. Two out of six. I saw them at uh, the, my first Warp Tour, 2009-ish, maybe earlier. I could be wrong, but uh, yeah, I mean they're they're fine. But yeah. again, again, and on the bias note, I'm just not a big fan of them, so I can't. I can I can I can, I can concur to that. So, uh, third act to play was the fabulous August Burns Red. Mm-hmm. I. No, I'm completely biased because, like, I'm huge on August Burns Red. I think they're phenomenal. I think their guitar work is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I like the they're singer. Very talented. I like the fact that I like their I like their merch that they put out. Uh, the Matt, angry music for happy people. I use uh, the drummer's drumsticks. He's got the signature Matt Greener uh, sticks that I use. So their shows are always phenomenal. Like high energy. Like mm-hmm. they don't have a. They don't. Oh, they're do, very talented. They don't do any bullshit like in their mm-hmm. shows. It's like mm-hmm. music, lights, murder something. I mean, honestly, the whole time I, my arms were like down my side between 604 people, and I couldn't really go anywhere. Yeah, we got up, we got up there. We got up there close. Yeah, we Plus, were, this is when the Palladium was like, right. get, like, 
I got a couple of the photos that I did share on the site, like that was about as close as I got. And then I lost my spot and I had to put my phone away. Otherwise, I probably would not have a phone right. like much. a few other people that were actually there yeah. that evening. Um, I'm completely biased. I love August Burns right now. The cool thing about this show, I will actually, I will actually bring out because they did. There was a lot of stuff that I wasn't. I'm I was not say, crazy of, familiar stuff. with the new stuff. I'm not crazy familiar with it. A lot of people will like listen to like new August Burns Red and they'll say, "Well, it sounds like August Burns Red." It's like, well, yeah, but you know, they 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 have like a little bit of growth. They've actually, I think they've actually like calmed, like there's a few clean vocals like mixed into like some of their newer stuff. And like these cool little breakdowns, like these jazzy little breakdowns They're that weird, they put yeah. in, like they played a lot of their new stuff, but they came back with the classics and they finished with a whitewash. That's all I fucking need. Six out of six for Marcus. Um, I'm gonna have to. I'm, so my end, I'm gonna have to go with a five, only because of the fact <clears throat> that I didn't know a lot of the songs. So it was I. I don't know what's going on inside the follow. Plus, Understandable. I, mean, I was probably raped at one point, so I can't even like. And then there was a guy who That was lost. half the reason why I gave it a six. <laughs> it was fantastic. I came twice. <laughs> See? Uh, the guy who lost his this phone. This just went in an interesting direction. <laughs> There's a guy who lost his phone. So everyone's trying to look for it, right? Marcus finds the phone. Here you go. Oh, that's not mine. That's not mine. Oh, great. Well, <laughs> I spent more time like saving other people's shit during that show. <laughs> Pretty much. Like some dude had his hat on. I put it back on his head for him. Like there's crowd surfers making sure they don't, you know, break their face on like floor. Oh, that guy with the phone. That was a good time. Now, just to just to quicken this up like a smidge, <clears throat> Parkway Drive. My first experience with Parkway Drive. I know uh, Sir Anthony over there has seen Parkway Drive before. Yep. Okay, they opened this tour. Now, obviously, it was the Reverence tour, which their new, new their, their new album is called The Reverence. Which, I mean, and I, I actually fine. pictured in my head one of two things was going to happen. Now, being the Reverence tour, I, like, usually if they put an album out, they're going to go with like their yeah. new album to start. So I actually pictured it was going to be a dark room. They were going to start with the monologue. And then they were going to come in with wishing wells. And like it happened like exactly pretty much the yep. way that my brain actually like put it together. Like crazy lights like fucking flying everywhere and like he's and like he actually started which I love the song Wishing Wells. Like I, I love I that agree. song. I know we've actually spoken to like some uh, some uh, some of our buddies, like some hardcore Parkway Drive fans that are not a fan of the new album. Dan, love you. <clears throat> um But like I actually dig the new album. Like I, I do too. like I think they got some like really cool tunes in it. Like like they had that one. I think it's the void. It's either the void or prey. One of those. Like when I first heard it, I actually thought it was Avenged Sevenfold. Yeah, <laughs> to be yeah. honest, but it, it like it's all grown on me. I like the flow of it, and they played like a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton of that album. Like to, to like start it, and live translated like well, yeah, mid. No. Well, they uh when when I was reading uh, before this album came out, they had an article. And they were saying they want to write music for like stadiums, not like the little palladium shows like this. But they want to have the music where everyone can sing along. Right. And you know what I mean? Like, there's actually some big crowd interaction, and it's powerful, and there's a big choruses, which I mean, it definitely translates well. They, they want to be My Chemical Romance. We go that far. Want to go that far? Want to go that far? Well, I'll I mean, tell you what. They, but they, that's what My Chemical Romance does. They and sure. different kind of music, but that's. What they're looking. It'd be my first experience. Also, you know, how you, you know, you know okay. how you That's know better. when a when a when a band like is a great live band. Like when they're true, when their true fans like actually show up. That crowd was fucking lit. Oh yeah, like it was unbelievable. I 
that might have been like one of the most successful like Palladium shows like I've ever mm. seen. They even did um, what is it? Palladium's uh, in Graveyard. Iffy. Graveyard Bloom, which is just like a, a slow kind of talking chanting one, mm. and they had like the lights in the back with the uh, the smoke machine or the fog machine. Yep. And it was pretty cool. Like all you saw was like him, like the the silhouette of him. Oh, it was really well done. It was a show. It was yeah. great. Like it was it was awesome. It was well put together. I mean, Agreed. it was well done. I also appreciate in between August Burns Red and the Parkway Drive set, like all these people like just jammed up. They just started playing like these well, popular did, uh, fucking like Brian pop Adams, songs. Brian Adams, everyone's singing it, and then a Bon Jovi came oh, on, God. and he cut the music <laughs> right before uh, Living on a Prayer, and you just hear the whole everyone in the whole place just this yelling lo- it out like, loud. The the, the outfield, um, oh, the God. Lose Your Love, yep. like everybody's just singing along, and then and, uh, uh, and then they down they did System of a Down, they did um, Chop Suey. Chop Suey. So everybody sing along to Chop Suey, and right at the end of Chop Suey. Parkway Drive time, yeah. baby. It was like, oh my god, that was awesome. Like, that was, that was so Un- cool. Unintentional hype. So fucking cool. And you know what? It, it makes me laugh because like you see something like that. It was like, you know, those douchebag like metalheads are like, oh, I don't listen to that pop shit. Everybody knows the fucking words. Right. They're playing fucking Journey, Don't Stop Believing, and everybody's uh, like yeah, singing yeah. along. They're loving it. They fucking love yeah. it. it well, was, like I it said, was, even Brian Adams. Everyone was singing that too. Dude, that show, Cloud Nine. Fucking Cloud Nine, like August Burns Red and Parkway Drive, which I think you're the one that brought this up. You have August Burns Red, who's actually like a Christian band. They're a Christian band. And Parkway Drive is like, fuck your religion. Pretty much. (laughs) Pretty much. Like, like comes right out like like the devil. The actually song goes, uh, burn your heaven and drown your hell. So like... And I'm killing gods. I believe uh, it's the, like, the first one dude, that comes out there. That show was fucking America. Parkway Drive in a Palladium setting and like everything they put together, that's a six out of six for me as well. Like that, that show was balls. So overall on a four on a four page bill, I mean I'm giving it like eighteen points. I got a nice break though with Darren Devils or Prada. I didn't have to like be like all in like the whole day. That was a good show overall though. Easy parking, in and out. Oh, that was awesome. We done good. I learned that my uh, F-250 is below seven feet. Yes, it is. Just barely. Not your antenna, though. Not the antenna. No. No, no, no. No, no, no. Fun fact, I had to go to the airport a couple of days ago, and their parking garage was six foot eight inches. I'm like, I don't know if I can go that low. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go next up. Good, good, good. uh, All right. That's how I wanted to roll. Let's do some news. Heavy metal headlines. Do it. You got three stories. Why don't you start with a little one? Let's start with a little one. Let's see. Uh, so, as we know, football season's among us. Ah, uh, yes. And number one thing that everyone looks to in the Super Bowl is the halftime show. So, Metallica has gotten snubbed for the Super Bowl halftime show again. People are pissed. Oh, shucks. Pissed. So Maroon 5 is the headlining act <laughs> for the for the Super Bowl. And, um, That's awesome. I guess there's a lot of fans that are into a lot of outrage, which honestly, football being, you know, as testosterone-based as it is, why don't they have a, a metal band out there? Well, Do you I know mean, what I mean? They're not relevant. <sighs> you know why? Metallica is isn't relevant. 
I'm actually surprised that like a Metallica has not has made never it. like at all like because not even now but just in general. I understand you know. Here's the thing with the Super Bowl halftime show. The Super Bowl halftime show needs to not just be for like the football fans. They have to attract like the I mean, moms. So many people, but that's what they're doing. And the teenagers yeah. and like the the bullshit. But the the thing with Maroon, F- did that like? Yep. Yep. <laughs> I'll g- give me a hundred tries. I bet I could not do that again. Go do it again. Oh no, our oh, fans, our biggest. Everything's fan. falling apart. Good sound. That's our only fan, and you almost broke. Almost. Broken, unplugged, or two different things. Temporary loss of power. Okay. So the thing with this year's halftime show, it's like, could you think of anybody more irrelevant than Maroon Five? Do they Metallica? Out, they haven't put anything. No, but who loves Maroon Five? Nobody in the world right now in loves the, Maroon it, 5. Right now in the music industry, they, more blame, people love Maroon well, 5 can, than Metallica. You can blame the voice for that. Because but of, uh, I've actually heard this. Levine. I've no. actually heard this from like people that listen to pop and stuff like that. It's like nobody, nobody's favorite is Maroon 5, but nobody dislikes Maroon 5. Like they're just there. Mm-hmm. It's like so the Super Bowl actually went out and found like a, an act like more boring than Coldplay. Yeah, that was dumb. They're like, I'm who, still mad about that one. Who gives two shits about Coldplay? Yeah, well, just... okay, here's the thing. In, in, in an atmosphere where the, the NFL itself is trying to be – just not be controversial – like they're well, they're trying to expand the audience. Like like again, yeah, but the thing is, the is they've got choice. so much controversy going on right now that they 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 want to play it safe. I won't even go that deep. I mean, you know who watches a halftime show? My mom watches a halftime show. My mom could give two shits about football. I was gonna say a lot of people just watch it. Like my mom, show. she loves. Yeah. My mom watches the Super Bowl the for commercials, commercials say, the and the halftime show. <laughs> like they get all giddy when like like. Like one of those American Idol finalists, like go on there and go, my God, it's Justin. Like that—that's who watches like the halftime show. You know, now to be completely honest, like Metallica aside, you know who I am completely surprised has never gotten a halftime show. You know who would be epic for a halftime show? Bruce because they actually have Bruce. Bruce Springsteen has done it. Has he? Bruce, Bruce Springsteen so. in the okay. East Street Band, I believe, early two thousands. Alright. But they actually have a football anthem out there. I'm surprised Guns N' Roses has not been asked to do a halftime show. That's because they haven't been together for... But they're, they just did two years in a row? Like, I mean, yeah, me. like they're, they're Can you imagine back. Welcome to the Jungle is like a football anthem like since or it came I'd out. even say ACDC. Okay. Even ACDC. Well, that one will be tougher now. Well, well yeah. I mean... <laughs> Fortunately... But it's just—I don't know. It's—it's it's never been football music. Like I actually played football never, back in the day. Katy like, Perry and the Lady Gaga. We didn't listen morning. to a whole lot of Lady Gaga or Maroon Five or anything like that back when. My grandma I'm old as shit, and they—they they weren't out yet. But no, and, and I the, get it. I get and it. The, that and the locker room that was always hip hop or uh, uh, hard. I'm actually yeah. surprised I haven't gone that route yet. Like, wh- how have they not? Well, I mean, they have, but they haven't. Kinda, yeah. Ish, but yeah, not like ish. ish, like ish. Yeah, yeah. They, they haven't been like a headliner. Right. Like, like they're not. They're not inviting Kanye. Like that's not gonna happen. 
Um, as much as I hate that douche, he'd actually probably do like a relatively okay job with it. Oh. But he's still a fucking douche. I think his lyrics are written like a four-year-old with crayon. Okay. Uh, well, he would fit right in. <laughs> he would fit right in with like everybody else. I was gonna say with a football what? crowd. Well. But yeah, I just insult football some fans. At least, at least, at least, lineman. I can only say that because I was technically a line. I was a tight end. What they all say? No, you weren't. I absolutely was. As as no no no. Tight end you linebacker. Say almost a lineman. Speaking as a lineman, you as a tight end, you weren't a lineman. Please keep on walking with I, your I little quarterback. Like a Keep, keep on walking with your little quarterback. Go, you know. We didn't have a passing game your, back when I played. you guys Guess can do your, I was rouge, a lineman. <laughs> do your rouge in we the locker seven, room while us linemen are actually Sir, my working. high school team, we had seven people on the line because we had <laughs> shit for a passing game. <laughs> There's no Gronkowski coming out of this side of the room. Uh, All right, well, that's mine. We can uh, move it forward. That's a good story, man. Nice job. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on, I thought I had this queued up. I'm waiting for okay, Mattel I have a to be featured I, on like a Metamucil commercial. <laughs> Alright, so I, I kind of have a countdown, but not really. Like I know we always have like a countdown, mm -hmm. but I have 20 great Dave Mustaine quotes. Oh, oh. Megadeth, frontman on death, sex, Metallica, and more. Okay. Um, I'm curious to know the, the, the aim of this. Now make sure you have your, jo your jaw. Angled to the side when you say all of these. I want the experience. Well, I mean, this could go one of two ways. This Dave Mustaine is mouthy. So it could yeah. be like an author so, like trying to make him look ridiculous. No. So this right. is actually uh, my, uh, my subscription to Revolver. Which, side note, I actually have an idea with these magazines, but we can talk about that later. Okay. Um, this is, uh, this is actually my uh, subscription to Revolver, so I get these mailings from them, and this is actually one of their emails. So um, I will read verbatim. Megadeth singer, guitarist, and songwriter Dave Mustaine has had a controversial relationship with the media since he emerged as one of the leading figures of thrash metal in the early 80s, starting with his brief stint in that other big four stalwart, Metallica, going Green from... Day. Going from drug-addicted alcoholic to born-again Christian to beer-selling family man, Mustaine really sits tight like every other rock artist without artists. stirring up you know. something for the music rags to pounce on. His interviews are a notorious mix of smart-ass, cocky, and sometimes profound, but love him or hate him, his ineffable ability to entertain never wanes. Below, we have compiled some choice quotes from interviews throughout the years that illustrate Mustaine's fascinating perspective on sex, drugs, Blood Packs, Faith Healing, Metallica, and much more. So, these are all just random quotes. They're not, like, numbered, but, like, I figured we can, like, go through, like, a couple of them because why not? It's fucking fun. By the way, Jay, fun fact. When we do these phone interviews, we're going to get my buddy Ryan on the phone because he'll, he'll completely get your back on the uh, Metallica versus Megadeth <laughs> conversation because me and him uh, had an interesting uh, conversation when... He was up visiting, and he asked me what kind of heavy metal podcast I was running in this place. But I don't see Ryan's podcast out there, so guess what? <laughs> <clears throat> Quote number one. When I write music, I think about sex. You know, and violence. It's kind of clockwork orange, but you know, it works. You start off with a little foreplay, you get into the real serious heavy sweating, and then at the end, you clean yourself off, and it's over. 
That was on MTV 1990. I never had to clean myself off after we've written a song, but uh, whatever. Um, I usually keep a towel, but not for that reason. Right. right? Because like it just gets hot as fuck. For some reason, when you hold the instrument, like the room temperature goes That's up true. like 20 <laughs> degrees. I don't know why. That's very true. Stop um, drums. The members of Megadeth like to get close to our fans. They buy us a drink. We buy them a drink. We smoke a little pot together. Or do a little whatever together. Metal Forces Magazine, 1985. 85. I was gonna say, probably not anymore. <laughs> they're too big for that. All right, off the record, London, circa 1990. Money doesn't mean shit to me. When you start playing for money, the dollar sign gets between you and your fans. Is that true, Jay? Does money not mean shit to him? Is he never sold out in his career? Like even a little, even a little. No, I think they've had a a pretty steady sound. He hasn't broke to like make his like music sound like something else. I feel like Megadeth has always sounded Megadeth. Yeah. All right. So this was from guitar for the practicing musician, 1990. Quote: As funky as this is going to sound, I was way into Motown when I was growing up. That had a deep effect on me. The melody and the soul, the funk. By no means are we going to say that we're into funk now, since Faith Faith No More is milking that cliche. But I think it's evident there's a lot of soul in what we write. I think you just took a poke at your boys there, bud. He did. I think what he meant to say was Red Hot Chili Peppers, but you know. 1991, Good Morning Australia. I think that literacy in our band especially is a little bit higher than in most bands in this genre. He's not wrong. <laughs> oh, gosh. Definitely see. not wrong. Oh, let me see. Let me see. Let's see. maybe skip a couple of these. Okay, knack.com, 2001. If Al Gore had stuck with Bill Clinton all the way through and not alienated him, I think he would have been president right now. And the whole thing that happened in Florida was great material to write songs. Like, maybe Florida can't count or something. <laughs> Burn! You can't mm. decide a president in Florida. Florida not like the rest of us. They can, they can decide much. All right, Green Room Tales. The year is 2000. Quote, I remember distinctly one time being in a Denny's and some idiot gave me a demo tape with my breakfast and I thought, you know... If anything, I would go out of my way to make sure he never saw a gig with us. <laughs> but he loves his fans, man. You just said a couple okay. of months ago he's all about his fans, but he won't even. The and guy and was, like, I just, I literally him. just read another article about, uh, um, I can't remember who it was, some movie star, and he was out to dinner, and fans didn't bother him. Um, like he knew that they wanted to come and say hello, but they didn't. They let him eat his his dinner. And then afterwards, like, he paid for their meal, stopped by, was like, hey, how's it going? Thank you for not interrupting my dinner. Like, I appreciate it. You know. Uh, obscure reference movie, uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember the actor's name. Jonah. Jonah jo- Hill. Jonah Hill. Yep. He's, he's the fat curly hair guy, right? Yes. Yeah. Jonah Hill's character, trying to give it to Alton Snow, his demo. Yeah. Did you get it? Did you get it? He's like, well, I was going to read, I was going to listen to your demo, but I just decided to continue living my life. Russell Brand. 
He's pretty good in that movie. As Alton Snow. He's played that character a couple of times in a few movies. A couple of very lousy movies. Uh, Dave Mustaine, A Heavy Metal Memoir, 2010. All bands eventually break up because of one or more of the four Ps. Anybody want to guess? All right, I'll tell you. Power, property, prestige, pussy. I found property. I was going with with family. I mean, it's not a P, but I found I I found property was interesting. It's like, are you gonna get pissed at me because like my house is bigger than your house? I was like, well, then go buy a bigger house. I don't know what the fuck I can tell you, bro. Usually, you hear people want to. Or, I mean, maybe he's talking about property. Like, you know, maybe you have someone in the band who's more talented than others, so they get the free gear from. Yeah. All right. Musician's friend, 2010. Quote: After I became successful enough, it was kind of like writing music out of boredom. You look at some of the things you're singing, like anarchy. How can I be an anarchist when I'm driving a Mercedes? Plus, I'm a Christian. I'm not going to say I'm an anarchist. I would never do that anymore. Anymore. Hmm. What are you hmm? Fraud. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, because the guy's a I'm just, ki- I'm just kidding. I'm huh. just kidding. We love our fans. We're going to sue everybody that used Napster. Everybody understands. Like, when we, did it, when we did that debate, I was only just playing a character. Like, I had a side that I was supposed to defend. I am not the biggest Metallica fan in the world. In fact, it's been a long time since I think I purposely played a Metallica song. And I'm pretty sure you won the Megadeth one, so. The quiz. <laughs> so. Do it. Are you we, won the Metallica one. Are so. we actually sure about that? Like, I, think I don't those, know. I think those results are. If you would just answered maybe, you would have been fine. Yeah, right. Um. Oh, here we go. The uh, the source is Noisy, 2016. What? Quote, I'm hoping that I'll be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, too. But, you know, they don't want me in there. It's okay. I mean, I am their vis uh, vis Metallica, and no matter what those guys say or what anybody believes about their induction ceremony, they wouldn't have been there if it wasn't for me being in the band. They're probably worth Because I was there in the beginning, so I have some satisfaction. They'll probably be in it when they're dead, like most bands, unfortunately. They're like, oh, they've been dead for three years? I guess you'll let them in. Well, that's cool, because none of them can friggin' be there, but that's fine. Here's a fun fact out of Rolling Stone, 2017. Quote, I wrote Mechanics long before I was in Metallica. Yes. When I got into Metallica, we didn't get most a lot of songs. It was renamed. Most people were writing else. a lot of music beforehand. When I got into Metallica, we didn't have a lot of songs. We were playing cover songs like Killing Joke, Sweet Savage, and a lot of Diamond Killing Head. Joke? Yep. And we played my originals. Echo and the Bunnymen? The lyrics are about a horny gas station attendant because I was a horny gas station attendant. Is there any other kind of attendant for a gas station? <laughs> well. All right, this is, is the like last premium? one I'm going to feature. I'm not actually sure how many of these I've read out loud, but Loudwire, 2018, this year, baby. Slash makes it look effortless. And it makes me mad. <laughs> it just looks like water running over a smooth stone. It's just perfect. He's done this every day of his life, and he was made for the exact moment to stand on that stage and play that solo and have all those thousands and thousands of eyes focused on him. So Dave Mustaine. See? Hmm? Maybe we'll just have it. Regards Slash as a god, and he hates him for it. Now, that wasn't all 20. The article is actually 20 great Dave Mustaine quotes. I will, um... I will. I'll link, link, link this, link and everybody link can read all twenty of the quotes. But we don't have to. We don't have to bore anybody with like all twenty oh, of yeah. them. Saying Dave Mustaine. Let's call this a peace offering because I want to like highlight the man. 
And I really was playing a character. Metallica is not my favorite band of all time. <laughs> Jay, do you have any news for us? Megadeth is my favorite band of all time. I don't have any news. Okay. I just found, you know, a website. Found a website? Well, we, talk were, about this we website. were just going on. We were discussing lyrics, so I found a website. That is, oh, that's main event. Don't talk about that yet. No, I know, but this, this, this website's all about misheard lyrics. Okay, now I'm confused. Are we, are we going to discuss this, or? No, I was just saying. Okay. Good to know, buddy. To, you told me to stop. <laughs> no, I thought you meant you were actually going to go into like one of your lyric songs. Like, no, 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 hold on to that one. No, 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 this is, it's got like uh, Okay, so let's discuss this. The website, I'm sorry, I didn't okay. mean to stop you. Tell me the, to shut up. You're, the, you're one-third host. The, the website show. is called, was it kissthisguy.com? Kiss, kiss this guy? Kiss this guy. Oh, Sky, like S-K-Y. No, Guy, G-U-I. Because in the Jimi Hendrix song, Purple Haze, he says... Excuse me while I kiss the sky, uh, but it's one. It's it's typically it's it's heard a lot of times as kiss this guy. I know what he means. So like words that sound like Forrest. If you're listening, not. did you write this website? Don't appreciate the name. I'm just kidding, bud. Love you, buddy. So they have a list of the top. Until you text me at seven o'clock in the morning again, asshole. Funniest lyrics. <laughs> How many? I, you got? I know which one you mean. It says a hundred, but I. No way I'm going to go through all of them. Okay. Did you fish out, like, maybe, like... Oh, yeah, I've gone through them. A handful of them? Yeah, cool. that Sweet. people may, may, may recognize. Uh, Any system of a down get there? Because I think we've uh, we've highlighted a few of those before. There's an Alice in Chains song, which I would like to throw out there. Uh, Bones. Oh, I'm God. pretty sure he says, like, something about a bagel bite. I'm, like, 100% <laughs> sure. He, uh, when I sing the song, I say bagel bite. Because okay, I know like. what you're saying, but I don't think that's the actual lyric. I'm it does not say anything about a bagel bite. Uh, I've heard the parody of this before, where they talk about bagel bites. It's, like, it's just not true. <laughs> so okay, so Smash Mouth All Star. Uh, what's the, the lyric? So much to see, so much to do, yeah, yeah. so much something rather. So much to see, uh, so much to do, so much. Something, they, in, the, in, the something in the Something in the backseat. <laughs> see, okay, and the misheard lyric is so much to do, so much to see, so much. So much wrong with Nick from Backstreet. Okay. Oh! Okay. Feel you. Touche. Def Leppard, pour some sugar on me. Uh, was it living living with a lover with a radar phone or something mm-hmm. like that? Um, the misheard lyric, living with a lover with a red iPhone. Right. Uh, Robert Palmer, addicted to love. Might as well uh, face it, you're addicted to love. Can... The misheard lyric is, might as well face it, you're a dick with a glove. Yeah. That's a condom. Let's see. What else we got here? Oh, Van Halen, Panama. Instead of Panama, padded bra. Padded bra. All right. I can see that. Uh, Survivor, Eye of the Tiger. And the last known survivor stalks his bread in the night. All right, I can hear that one. I can hear that one. Yeast infection if you get too much into it. Uh, fifth dimension, Aquarius. Okay. This is the dawning of the age of yep. Aquarius. Uh, this is the dawning of the age of asparagus. Yeah, stinky pee. Someone wants stinky pee. Uh, Cindy Lauper, time after time. Mm-hmm. Was it suitcase uh, memories? Yes. Uh, suitcase dramamine. No. John Lennon, imagine. And he says, "I'm, but I'm not the only one. Yep. But I'm not Obi Wan." But I'm not. All right. 
Yeah. I'm missing one there, but alright. Yeah, see where, I can see where you get confused if you, you know, drinking. Yeah. I get it. Uh, where are we? Let's see. We are here. You're over there. <clears throat> Hey, I'm just going through him. Shut up. Oh, outcast. Hey, uh, shake it like a Polaroid picture. Shake it like a horny white creature. Which is very prominent and relevant. Okay, got it. <laughs> That's a different podcast. <laughs> That's not the new year. Uh, so sick with my bagel by one. Uh, R.E.M. Losing My Religion. Mm-hmm. Let's pee in the corner. That's Let's pee in the spotlight. Let's pee in the corner. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Rolling Stones, Beast of Burden. I'll never be your beast of burden. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll never leave your pizza burning. <laughs> Metallica, Fuel. Give me two, give me five, give me a dollar fifty-five. Wait, are these actual lyrics or are these like? No, these are the these are the misheard oh. lyrics. Oh, okay. So these are the interpretations. Yes. Oh, okay. I was like, wait a minute, that's not what they say at all. Give me fuel, give me fire, give me that which I desire. Like, well, how hard is it? Give me fuel, okay. give me fire. Okay, I'm so sorry. Side. That's my fault, guys. I'm so sorry. I'm multitasking again. I'm messaging Tom, and I'm like, I'm just my my brain's like in twenty-eight other places. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not only do we run this podcast, like, have to schedule practices and shows for Halloween and Halloweeny. Go on. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't mean to. Just tell me to <laughs> shut up. Like, whatever. Uh, Gangnam Style. That song uh, sucks. Oh, well, there's only, like, three English words in that song, so I'm not sure. Instead of Gangnam Style, Oprah <laughs> Got No Style. Was Despacito on there by any chance? Because something about Doritos. Or Desperito. Something about Doritos. Desperito. See me snacking on the Doritos. (laughs) Clash, rock the pasta. Rock the Casbah. Rock the cat box. Drop the pasta. Rock the cat box. the cat box. Rock the cat box. Meow. Meow. Uh, those are the big ones. All right. A little chuckles for you. Ha! <laughs> yeah, I'm, so ch- I'm so chuckly. <laughs> but there are a lot of uh, uh, websites out there. This one is just www.kissthisguy.com. I don't think there, I don't think there are that many websites out Kissing there. Kissing guys. Uh, there, you'd be surprised. <laughs> I got. <laughs> you'd be surprised. Alright, this one I'm gonna play a little thing, so. Hey, hold on. Mm-hmm. I'll, st- I'll stop dicking around. No, you won't. That's true. So, uh, next news for you. Uh, for all of you skillet fans, panheads, panheads, if you must, is what they are called. Dude, really? That's, um, that's, dude, that's awesome. They, they really call themselves panheads? Yeah, pan they heads? call them panheads, yeah. Ah, that's, that's so like playing in. Yep. Yep, skillet. That makes sense. Side note, I've really actually gotten into them. I actually enjoy them. The They're a very pretty the, band. The last very nice of years. to look at. Anyway, uh, frontman bassist John Cooper has formed a new metal band called Fight the Fury. The band have released a teaser 
which I'll play in a few seconds so you guys get a little taste of it. Uh, it's very All Hope is Gone-ish era for Slipknot. That's kind of the sound we're getting out of it. Uh, the EP will drop via Atlantic Records later this year. So I'm going to play a little bit see what you guys think. It's, it's just a teaser, so you have a general uh, hearing of what you No box. copyright laws to worry. Woo! Leave me alone, it's Scope Records. Okay, is that like the same rift? It's, it's pretty, I think it's where they got the All Hope Is Gone stuff that album. Like, wow. Okay. I'll play it again. <laughs> I'll play it again, they'll, they'll clarify a lot. <laughs> right. Um... I mean, honestly, I, I, I think his, his vocals would do well in a, in a metal. I think that'd be kind of neat. Know, I've, always heard, I've always heard of only in clean. Like, he doesn't... I, well, we don't know that yet. We're not sure. But I think it's raspy enough where it would work. Let's get that very, very... Huh. Gurgliness behind. I think she should do a metal band. That'd be hot. Um, I forget her name. The, the drummer? Yeah, me too. But I'm uh, terrible with names, so that's why I forget her name. This is a, this is a quote from... Um, the man himself. It says, I am so pumped about the release of Fight the Fury. Um, this is the side of me and my music that I don't get to show very often. It takes me back to when I first heard metal and the reason I fell in love with music. It's raw, unfiltered, and emotional. Uh, which is cool, because I'm a big fan of Skillet. I enjoy a lot of their stuff, more, especially more recently. But I think it'd be cool to hit the heaviness with them. Yeah, their new their new stuff is actually pretty epic. Like mm -hmm. that, uh, way back when, they like they 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 were really. I mean, they're really on the poppy rock side, were, kind of a thing. Kind like, of you know, like there. the whispers in the dark and the um, yep. the savior and yep. uh, and, and whatnot. Which I actually still enjoy those tunes. I but agree. Like, you know, yeah, it's one of those things. You can't go to like a metal crowd and be like, dude, I have like whispers in the dark and my like, iPod. <laughs> you know, people like kicking, kick, people kicking the balls for them, <clears> stuff like that. But now I actually think they're they're, they're cool. Like the yeah, uh, the, the revolution and the um, invincible. I actually enjoy that song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, which good. is funny because if you go back to like their original first projects, like before the, like half the band even existed, invincible is one of their first songs of the first album, and it's a, like really like uh, rappy and kind of ish. It's weird. Yeah, but yeah, I think they, yeah, I think they brought bit, it back. A little bit of that. It's good. Her solo project, meh. It's okay. Meh. I don't mind. I mean, I, I enjoy her. Meh. We're not smashing any bananas today, but I'm just saying. Smashing something. <laughs> 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 be the best 30 <laughs> seconds we'll ever have. That includes dinner. And yeah. time to cuddle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know what just happened here. For all you Skillet fans, this is uh, <laughs> coming soon. So uh, look them up, follow them, see when it comes out. Look what happens when we give you a microphone with sound effects. Or microphone for your sound sound effects, I should say. Um, I don't have anything to add, Anthony. So how, how, how do you want to move forward, man? I know you said you had a couple of uh, options. I, have an, I have an interesting one. If you want to roll with it, this is kind of. A, I think this would be a good discussion. I think we should. I, I think we should roll with it. So, I mean, we're all in a good mood so far. So we might as well ruin it. I'm gonna read this verbatim. Um, this is from Loudwire magazine. Has to do with wire. our. Um, so the headline here is uh, 
Ticketmaster, teaming with scalpers to collect oh, extra yeah, fees yeah. on ticket resales. Yeah. Uh, let's see. <laughs> this is exactly from it. Uh, an underground ticket scalping division of Ticketmaster has been reportedly, reportedly been uncovered by CBC News, Toronto Star Journalist. An explosive new article details how Ticketmaster has teamed up with scalpers on their trade desk, which is the company, uh, platform to collect additional fees profiting from the resale of tickets at inflated rates. Uh, so what happened is uh, they had an undercover journalist uh, He attended the Ticket Summit convention in Las Vegas this year, posing as a scalper in order to be pitched on Ticketmaster's reseller program. Uh, Trade Desk, which is again the company, uh, reps admitted to turning a blind eye to scalpers who use ticket buying bots. Uh, quoted, I have brokers that literally, that have literally a couple hundred accounts, one sales rep said. Uh, it's not something we look or report. So yeah, that's a little bit of, uh, so they've been using, uh, if you want to talk numbers a little bit here. Um, Ticketmaster has collected huge numbers of cash from trade deck, uh, the trade desk scalpers. For instance, if Ticketmaster sells a ticket for $209.50, the company will collect $25.75 in fees on its main site. However, if that same ticket is resold for $400 on trade desk, Ticketmaster collects an additional $76. Fuck Ticketmaster. Uh, Ticketmaster has chosen not to comment publicly on said story, but did state on CBC, quoted, as the world's leading ticketing platform representing Only. thousands of <clears throat> teams, artists, and venues. We believe it is our job to offer a marketplace that provides a safe and fair place for fans to shop, buy, and sell tickets in both the primary and secondary markets. When you are literally the only one that does it, you're a monopoly. They're a monopoly. No. Ticketmaster. I was actually trying to do like some quick some quick Googles so to like maybe kind of like answer. Is Ticketmaster actually a primary ticket provider for anybody, nope. or are they a secondary site overall? Because the reason why I asked this, I know that they will have tickets to any event. So whether it be like the smaller venues, they like hit. a Palladium, Paradise, right. Ticketmaster will actually carry those tickets. But they're not, they are not sold at face value through Ticketmaster. So Ever. I guess my, my, my question would be like maybe something like that would have to possibly be research, but fuck research for the sake of this conversation. We can just assume that they're not, but they're not necessarily the ticket provider for pretty much no, anybody. Maybe well, for like, you know, the big heavy like country stuff. It's, I think Ticketmaster is more a distributor. Yeah, I would, I like would agree they, with that. Like, they, they make the tickets. So they're not going to be, like, an official box office provider for, well, like, say, I, the TD Bank Garden. Well, going back to what no, I said. No, but they are. Because they're the, like, they handle all the bullcrap. I think they are for the Red Sox, too. Uh, possible. Like, they, they literally, if there are tickets to be sold, Ticketmaster has a thumb in the pot. Okay, actually, I'm sorry. Ticketmaster guarantee we sell tickets straight from the artist teams and venues. We ensure that when you buy verified tickets from fans and other sellers on our site. You know, so the word Ticketmaster is like a, is like vulgar to me. 
because uh, me too. Anthony, how many shows have you looked up where you said it's like, oh, I, I looked up these tickets and they're like, it's like crazy money. And then like I did like a quick search and like would find. Right. Like actually the show we just went to, I think I think you did the initial search and like, dude, they're like 80 bucks a yeah. piece. And like I went and found them, they're like 25 a right, piece. Right, yeah. It depends where you go. Yeah. Well, that's with anything. Like, well, you have to you have to find like the actual venues, like box office. My my sure. my thing with like maybe a side note, maybe not even like associated with it, just like Ticketmaster, like specifically. Have you ever noticed that when you buy tickets? So if it's, if it's twenty five bucks for a ticket, like you end up paying about forty eight dollars for that twenty five dollar yeah, ticket with all the fees because there are fees and there's handling oh, yeah. and there's service and there's yeah. blah 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 blah. Get me started on the ticket industry. <laughs> it's bullshit. So I mean, it's all a scam. It's all a scam. Yeah. And what Ticketmaster figured out was they can scam the scamming. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. They put their own professional scalpers. Now up it's now it's illegal to scalp. It's illegal to scalp. I However, think in every 52 states. How and the idea is all the, 50 states. The the <laughs> idea is is that you don't want somebody selling a ticket that's not the same price as the ticket price. Right. That's the Zero idea. Like, or... there's no, like, I don't see the problem with selling a ticket. Somebody wants to pay the overinflated price, fine. Okay, but if you're going to come down on scalpers what they for don't... doing this, then you shouldn't be able to sell to a third party ticket distributor sure. where well, they, the part... they take the $50 ticket and then they're free to charge wherever the fuck they want. That's actually, like, to that point. The, like, whole, the, whole, that's reason bullshit. Why, the whole reason why scalping is illegal, what they don't want is they don't want one party to be able to go to a venue buy a thousand tickets let's we'll, we, we'll use round numbers let's say if like at 10 bucks a piece they don't want somebody to be able to like walk up to like a box office buy a thousand tickets at ten dollars a piece knowing that that event is going to sell out and they can flip those for a hundred dollars but piece. that's what the ticket dis- the third party ticket right. distributors do so that's what's interesting like the third party di- ticket like you have ace ticket you have Ticketmaster, uh, you have stub hub you have like all uh, these things uh, they're not the selling tickets at face value no, so why ever. is it legal for them to have like a certain percentage of tickets it's bullshit this is where Ticketmaster is like a pain in my ass oh th- this is where Ticketmaster is making so much money mm-hmm. so the fact of the matter is, like, they're they're already doing like the second party thing. They can charge whatever fee they want. Right. As well, far it's, as it's, I, it's as under far the as radar. They don't have the actual consent from the distributor, or you know, from example, Gillette. When when it's resold, there's no there's no like you I know what I mean. I feel like there should be rules in place with any event that sells a ticket through their box office that you have uh, two weeks that your tickets are only available through you. Now, if those tickets sell out in those two weeks, awesome. Like, you got everything at face value, and like, you're not, you didn't lose out on any cash. But people didn't have to pay exorbitant fees because these shows sell out within a day, hours. Okay, right. and the problem is, and is the faster that, they sell out, the, fa- the higher the price goes. On well, the problem is, is <laughs> that that these third-party sites, they have special lines to call in. They don't call the same lines. That customers do like they call their own representative and get a thousand tickets okay now fans we're limited to like what four five tickets and these people call up and they can just take a thousand tickets that means a thousand people were waiting on that that line because you know they're waiting 
Well, the re- could you know, have gotten the, tickets. Well, you know the reason for that, also, like like Ticketmaster, obviously, like like some of their rake is going back to the, these providers. That's why they're getting they're getting maybe it's twenty-eight, bull. like twenty, thirty percent of like the pull of tickets. It's like, bull. It's a scam. Fucking Ticketmaster. Is that the wrap it up symbol? All right. Fuck Ticketmaster. As far you know, as far as like the venue goes, especially when you're talking like local music, if you go to like any of the venues, the best thing to do is buy your tickets from like the band that's actually playing at it. Yeah. If you yeah. actually have sure. the avenue, or go to, to the box so. office. Like especially in like Providence, I know like the Fet Music Hall and like whatnot. Yeah. Like anytime that they have like events there, like the bands that are actually playing there They'll will have the tickets, tickets yep. to sell. So if you have a band that you're supporting, the best thing you can possibly do. Is buy the tickets from those local those local because bands because what happens too. is those bands actually go back to the venue. Hey, yeah. you gave me X amount of tickets and I sold out. I need more. Right. And so that guess makes what? Them look good, right? That makes them look good to the yep. venue. For that sure. actually gives them better spots. It gives right. them better you know production value and it too. gets them return exactly. return go, trips. This is how the, you support your local yeah. music. Go to the band's official website. Yep. Follow their directions on how they want you to buy the ticket right. because they're going to tell you the way that they're going to. The same you know. thing with music distribution, man. Like it's that, like if they and if even, they want even like apparel and stuff. When you buy their shirts, you want to go to their actual merch booth. Right, go to their show, right. buy the merch oh, hell yeah. directly you from them. I mean? Like you take take out the third parties as much as you possibly can. Your local artists are your dear friends. Your national artists, well, don't know. Thirty dollars to table. Thirty dollars. Table. Thirty dollars straight to the artist, <laughs> or fifty dollars to Hot Topic. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, moving on. All right, so. I think that was it for news, if I'm not mistaken. So we're going to get right into like main event action. We're not doing bad on time. Like you, a little trick on the See, you get right into it. But oh, well, like, we I see what you're doing, director. I like it. That's producer. Producer. <laughs> Whatever. Producer. I don't know. I thought I was a producer. <laughs> I'm so confused. Oh, you're the editor. Ugh, I hate that job. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm the that kayak I... salesman. <laughs> I applied for that. If I need a break before we continue. I have to pee. All right. Yeah. We're going to hit stop. Heavy metal over a six-pack. We'll be right back. Main event. All right, so today's main event. Ding, ding. Ding, ding. Snap his Gross. What happened on my background? Still playing? Beep, beep. (laughs) It is still playing. Beep, beep. You like epic music in the background. She touched my peppy, Steve. Oh, no. She touched my no-no spot. (laughs) What are the berries taste like? They taste like burning. Uh. I'm in trouble. Alright. I don't even know. Whatever. Oh, keep going. This will be great. <laughs> will be, How many voices be... can I do? Hour of Ralph Wiggum. I like your sleeves. <laughs> Holy, give me so many tots. Oh, I'm starving. I've eaten all day. Oh, God. Ew, gross. My lips hurt real bad. Today's main event topic. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Heavy metal over six pack presents lyrics and what they really mean. Decided to actually look at the um, the the lyrical styling of uh, some uh, some different music and. Um, Behind the, the song. What, what I what, mean. Well, yeah. What I what what I was calling this is like what this. Uh, how do I, how do how do I word it? Hold on. What lyrical, this song, lyrical means. What the, what this song really means. Yeah. 
So maybe like you're listening to like this crazy like hard heavy death metal song and like it's actually like some guy's love song to his uh, his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you're listening to Barry Manilow and Mandy and it's really a song about his dog. And burning children. Uh Mandy. <laughs> Mandy. <laughs> no. I that's not even the I prefer the Coco Cabana. Thank you. Copa. Whatever, I don't speak Japanese. So what? Alone. What we all did. Konnichiwa. And luckily, I actually kind of like the way that Anthony actually approached this today's challenge. I'm different. And we'll get to that in like a little bit. But I guess, I guess the way I would actually like kind of like start the segment, guys, is like maybe like a little open discussion. Like, I mean, we're all we're all big fans of music. Yes. Music sucks. Sorry, couldn't pay me to be a fan. They're all assholes, people. Trust me. Like, I'm, I'm sitting, I'm, I'm sitting here at a table with them, trying to like hold composure. But we digress. We digress. Yes, we digress. It's gonna be a t-shirt. That's what she said. Order yours now. We should, Order, have, we should have a website with like t-shirts. I'm telling you. Okay, we'll, we'll work would, on that later. That would be one of our t-shirts. We digress. I yeah. digress. I digress. We digress. We all digress. We all digress. Hey, hey, hey Papa de Boopy. Have a taco. Oh. Taco, taco. Burrito, burrito. I don't know what's happening here. I like tacos and burritos. I really I like Guys, your per- like your your personal opinion, like when you when you when you actually like become like a fan of like music, like what 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 kind of styling of like lyrics do you actually like? Do you like it when it's a like a true to heart story? Do you like story mode? I mean, do you like story mode? I, I listen to music uh, based off of the mood. I'm gonna say you're a mood guy. Um, like I, I have to be into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and lyrics are big for me. Like I like you know uh, the sound of things, but I'll 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 dissect the lyrics. Um, so you actually like get into like the actual like verbiage, like the wording, yeah. because like I know I know there's a lot of like you know like a common fan may like just like listen and just. As long as it has like a good flow and a oh, hook, yeah. Yeah. like you're in. That's that's a majority. Like people. we did it all for the nookie. Come on, the nookie, and like everyone's like you know like jamming out to like the nookie. It's like dude, that tries that guy's trying to get laid. You know that right? So you you can take that cookie. Listen to any five figure death punch song ever. <laughs> the worst wordsmith of all time. This shit doesn't make any sense. <laughs> His writing's gotten pretty bad. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't so bad in the beginning. <laughs> well, look at look at was it the Bloodhound Gang? Yeah. The Bloodhound Gang. Okay, so you want me what? down on this? And they're and they're like, why do you why do you guys like play your music? And they're like, to get laid. Hello. Like, stupid. So what? Look I, at us. We can't get laid if we don't play music. Okay. <laughs> but you're in a band. Sold. So what I thought would be cool today is like if we all actually like took like a couple of like like cool tunes that had like some really neat stories like behind their lyrics, and maybe like. You know, if you listen to a song, like, you didn't necessarily, like, pick up on, it's like, oh, this is why this song exists right now. And to give an example, I'll actually start. I'll start with the first example. The band I'm going to go through right now is Seven Dust. Okay. Ooh. Lejong? Is that his name? The right thing he said? So, the, the song is uh, Face to Face. Oh. There's so. not one thing... That you can say to make it right. This is an explicit song. Explicit song. Now. A lot of fucking going on there. 
triggered. Yes, you can't stop fucking with my head. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, that is a song. Yeah, it took me a second. I'm sorry. The beer's kicking in. Now, I went back to the I went back to the meaning of these lyrics, and now the the problem with mine, like kind of like what you were you were telling me when you te when you text messaged me, Anthony, where my like there's a lot of like theories and like theories. Yeah, that was that was my issue with it. I've actually decided that this one is technically a theory, but I've decided it's so fucking cool. I'm making it fact. Take it, take it where you can. Like a little toaster, doesn't make sense, but I like it. Seven Dust is talking about Hero. Fred in the in the song Face to Face. Seven Dust is talking about Fred Durst. Uh, yep. Okay. Sold. So sold. in the song Face to Face, they are actually responding to the fact that like when Fred Durst was pushing Seven Dust back in the uh, the late '90s, early 2000s to join his label, and Seven Dust actually re resisted joining Seven Dust. Um, excuse me, Fred Seven Durst. Dust. Resisted joining Fred Durst's label, which I believe is Interscope. I'm not sure. It's off my head. I don't know if it was Interscope. Sure. No, that's the part I couldn't. I couldn't actually find the actual answer to this because I know he end, he ended up becoming like the president of like Interscope Records. I don't know if right, it was Interscope at the time, or if it was something different at the time. Because I know like like Fred Durst was actually responsible for Stained early on. Which, if you ask me, I think he ruined Stained early on because, like, Stained's <laughs> EP, like when they were uh, when they were first coming out, was actually very hard, very heavy, and he actually is the one who said, "It's like, well, you need to focus on Aaron Lewis because he's the only reason why you guys are going to be famous." He's in that song. Uh, um, Aaron Lewis actually like jokes around at one of those. Songs. Uh, I feel those lighters. Yeah, we talked about uh, that. Yeah, we did. So. So Seven Dust, when they wrote when they wrote Face to Face, they're actually talking about Fred Durst. Fred was pushing Seven Dust to join his label. Oh, I'm sorry. It says right here, Flip Records. Flip okay, Records yep, at the time. Yep. Uh, Seven Dust turned Fred Durst down. Good. Don't want to go in that direction. Fred Durst's actual comment was he said he would make sure they never got signed by any label ever. Because, you know, he has all that power. Uh, can you just did. can you actually just picture like Fred Durst like sitting in a room like in a meeting room? It's like you got Lejean, you got you know you got Seven Dust sitting with you. It's like guys, I got this great thing for you. Like we're gonna do all this great stuff. I like I want to take a look at this. I got this song catalog for you. And, for, and Seven Dust is like, nah. Yeah, I can see that. I can see Fred Durst actually throwing like a hissy fit, like oh, flipping yeah. oh, a table, yeah, sure. chucking his fucking notebook, be like. You guys, you guys suck, Who man. You, you, you guys are? fucking blow. With this mug, with like, mug of hot dog flavored water. You just Back fucked up, man. Yeah. You just fucked up. You will never get signed. I will make sure you will never get signed to any label. Chewing on a chocolate starfish. Wishing he was Eminem. I mean, what? What? So the um the the lyrics that actually like really focus on this is like the shit you talk. It don't mean nothing to me anymore. Limp dick. You fuck stick. Uh, let's, let's settle, settle the, the score. score. Run and hide. You know I'll find you anywhere, motherfucker. Two-faced prick with hell to pay. What's real is real. What's done is done. Up to the plate again. Swing, motherfucker, swing. Seven dust rope face to face. They give a big middle fucking finger Mr. to Fred Durst of Limp Biscuit. And you know what? Face to face is a great song. It is a very good song. Great song. 
I have their best up album, and it's probably still one of the best ones off of it. I like a lot of Seven Dust. Face to face. Good very tune. Good, very good. Good tune. But that's great, man. Like, I, I love, like, all these. Like, when you when you dive, like, deep into mm-hmm. the shit, and, like, you actually, like, figure out, like, where, like, they, like it actually came from. So, yeah. no, speaking personally, like, kind Although of, sometimes like, sometimes it can use... ruin a song for people. It can. Sometimes. It can. Very true. So, musician songwriter. Now, a lot of our a lot of our original art is not is not out in the world yet. Like some of it is, mm-hmm. but it's not. I mean, it's not it's not it's not crazy live. Sure. I actually like mm-hmm. to take like real life events and make like little stories into them. So sure. it's more metaphoric. So most people do. We're getting to mine. So, oh, it's the stuff it's the that's same. most relatable. A lot of people sing from their personal experience. So yeah. I'll take yeah. as an example, like a song that's not out in the world yet. I, I wrote this song called Suffocate. So, on the surface, it's actually about, like, this evil, like, little witchress that's, like, kind of, like, controlling, like, this, like, group of people. And you finally actually break that spell and, like, overcome, like, her powers and are able to, like, take her down. It's actually really about, like, an ex-girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Huh? See? In her evil temperature... Temperature? e ways. Decimals. I like it. But, yeah. Like that, that's the thing. Like I like taking like like true life stuff and like making it like metaphoric. Yeah. Well, it's and, cool like, when you it. make it metaphoric. I think that's better than literally saying, right. "Oh, well, sound... my girlfriend, blah blah blah." Yeah, you don't sound cat. like a sad sack and of I shit. And I fed my cat, and then my fish sticks got burnt in the toaster because I forgot fish about sticks. them. Fish sticks. So <laughs> that's one of the fish. things. Like when I when I actually saw the story, like, it's like, oh well, it's like, well, I turned Fred Durst down for his label. He threw like a little hissy fit in his office, and then face to face came out of that. It's like that's fucking great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you, Fred Durst. Send that See, guy. he's used for something. Save that guy a Christmas card with a D-pick. Dick in a box. And lots of glitter. Not just a dick you in a box. You can send somebody a bag of dicks. It's like a bunch of... You can send somebody a potato with a message on it. We talked about that, didn't we? That's a story for another day because I will lose my shit. <laughs> that was one of our I'll find past, past podcasts. Did we talk about it on the did. podcast? Yes. Oh my God, I completely forgot. See, we drink way too much. We are terrible people. Jay, what'd you bring for the story today, buddy? Well, I figured I would go for a song that is typically misunderstood. This chair is broken. Just. And it wasn't me. It was it was born this way. This tastes like burning. That's Lady Gaga. <laughs> I'm adamant. Uh, so, yeah, I figured I'd pick a song that was already misinterpreted. And with the misinterpretation of the lyrics I don't think anybody's quite looked into what it's about at least not seriously I think everybody's got their own idea of what it's about um, and the song is is uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana <clears throat> I would say probably easily one of the most misunderstood lyrically songs um, so much so that Weird Al made his parody, and the parody was about Smells not like being Nirvana. able to understand. Smells like Nirvana. Yeah. Um, now, <clears throat> what I'm to understand, the based on Wikipedia, why what smells like Teen Spirit is actually about. Uh, Cobain came up with the song's title when his friend Kathleen Hanna, at the time the lead singer of the Riot Girl band Bikini Kill wrote, quote, unquote, or, quote, 
Kurt smells like teen spirit, end quote, on his wall. Hannah meant that Cobain smelled like the deodorant teen spirit, which his then-girlfriend wore. This sounds a lot deeper than what I would have considered Nirvana to go. I think Kurt Cobain has some secrets that he doesn't. I actually thought if you actually like if you like outside interpretation, if you actually like listen to like it's like here I am now, entertain us. Yeah, what is it? Uh, When the lights out. When the lights out. It's contagious. It's less dangerous. Here we are now, entertain us. I feel stupid and contagious. Here we are now, entertain us. A mulatto, an albino. A mosquito, my libido. Yeah, hey. See, like, outside looking in, I actually thought, that, like, that, like, he was actually trying to tell you, like, like early on days, like, maybe he had, like, some stage fright. He didn't, because I thought Nirvana's whole thing was he didn't want you to. I thought Kurt, Kurt Cobain's, let me, let me just rephrase this. I thought Kurt Cobain's, like, whole thing was he didn't want you to get what he was putting out there. I don't think he was like that. Um, honestly, because, well, look at MTV Unplugged. Mm-hmm, yeah. I mean, they, that was, you know. Uh, if you didn't want people to, to know, why do an acoustic set? Where right, yeah, no, now, like, that was great, now you actually have say, to, yeah. like... I saw that live. That was good. Do, you you know, have I to do your things, lyrics. The video. Like, that was, like, one of those things, like, you made sure, you're, like, you're on your, your, I mean, your that, bed with well, your TV on. Really? Tube TVs at the time, by the way. <laughs> that that <laughs> performance Channel is three. legendary. That that performance is legendary now. Mm-hmm. Um, still, it's played on the radio. Oh, yeah. Tracks from that. Uh, the Man Who Sold the World, the Bowie cover. You know, uh, but no, I think that that they've been pretty. Uh, uh, I mean, heart-shaped box. Uh, I mean, a lot of their stuff is is. I don't want to call. I go so far as to call it poetic, but yeah, you know. Um, I don't know what else to say about it. it you know. Nirvana is just one of those bands. Uh, there was a lot going on. I did not give them the credit back in the day that they deserved. All right. All right. I don't want you to go yet. Okay, I'll go last. Fucker, we're gonna make you go last. That's I'm gonna fine. I'm gonna throw one more out there because I did have to go find an obscure song that was actually like a love story. But I think I went in an okay direction this time. I went back to Black Sabbath. Okay. Jay, you might know the answer to this. What is Sweet Leaf about? <laughs> Isn't that a tea the song NIB. Oh, yes. What was that originally named after? Nativity in Black. It wasn't. What was it really named after? Oof. Fun fact. I'm not sure. Okay, fun fact. The song was literally called Nib, N-I-B, without the decimal points. So it wasn't an actual anagram <laughs> or whatever. So it wasn't necessarily meant to be like the anagram, like Nativity in Black. And it, there was another one, it was like Named in Blood, was like the other interpretation okay. of it. But it was originally called Nib. It was simply after the bass player and his beard. Because they used to call the shape of his beard the nib. <laughs> and right. when they wrote the song, that's what they called it. 
However, that's just I a fun that. fact. I totally accept that. So nativity in black? That's before beards were like big too. That was like, you know. Same. Bikers. Yeah. Previous bones about. Easy top. <coughs> oh, two of them. Something guy named Beard. Now. His last name is Beard. Doesn't have a beard. beard the actual beard. so, we're gonna call it NIB for for the purpose of the discussion. Hmm? NIB is actually a love song. Okay. NIB when it was written. Now this is speculation, of course, but. For, for the sake of today's argument, I'm making it fact. Because it's, a co- it's the coolest version of the uh, speculation that I found. NIB is the story of, sa- of Lucifer falling in love and becoming good. Okay. So the whole, the, so- the whole song actually reaches out on like being able to reach <coughs> out to a, like, another soul, attract another soul to like, become one, and actually like, form yourself into said soul. And become unified with that that individual, and that's just fucking beautiful. Mm-hmm. Because <clears throat> there's a couple of reasons why this this uh, translation is actually like really cool. Because like you know back in the day, so we're talking like 60s, 70s, early 80s, when you know the accusations of like Black Sabbath being the music of the devil. Mm-hmm. Now, <clears throat> the cool side story about it is they weren't officially Satan worshippers. Like, none of them were. No, they just had the name Black Sabbath. Like, Bill Ward was a huge fan of the occult and the history of the occult, and he liked the stories, and he liked the he liked the background. So, like, anything that they wrote about, like, when it came to, like, the devil and, like, Satanism and, like, whatnot, it was just a fascination with, like, the history and the stories mm. and the literature and, like, whatnot. It wasn't that, that any of them believed in being like satanic right and i mean go go with what you will like you know everybody knows like the history of like ozzy being in the record the record label biting the head off the owl like all, all the, the bats, crazy right? fucking shit owl. Guys, holy shit the bat uh, did i say owl, owl. Yeah, I'm, I'm like damn oh he's got some tumpers yeah, i don't know what i was thinking about the bat uh, ozzy biting the head off the bat it had nothing to do with like any like religious it's like the dude was just on fucking drugs people yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like it's like that huge thing, like, you know, records are burned, like they were like accused of being like sure. Satanists and like whatnot. It's like dude, yeah. they they're just telling stories based on like stories that they read that they actually yeah. appreciate and like enjoy listening to. Like they were fans of the occult. So therefore, you know That's... Nib or NIB in whatever in whatever facet now, other interpretations of it are, are that, like, you know, it's actually about, like, the, like one human be- having the power to, like, control, like, another human, but... But isn't that the beauty of music and lyrics? I was going to say, yeah, it's, it's how you, um, the listener, portrays the song. Now, I'm a huge fan of liner notes and lyrics, and so, like, back with tapes and CDs, um, or even, like, you know, uh, vinyl you'd get those inserts um, or they'd have all the lyrics printed and, uh, sure like, I loved that shit mm-hmm. um, surprisingly enough th- this is one of the first times I've read about an artist doing something like this uh, Seal huh. did not print lyrics uh, on his liar notes Kiss from a Rose right um, is that one of his I'm just saying yes yeah, okay yeah, yeah. that's what I'm thinking of okay on, um, on topic he did not uh, yep the, he, uh, the Batman song I'm correct yep he did not print 
lyrics on his liner notes. Yeah. And he had a reason for it. He said he wants, if a fan hears lyrics a certain way and they mean something to that fan, he wants the fan to appreciate it like that. That's he fine. doesn't want that's the fair. fans, he wants the fan to appreciate it on in, their own. In, in their like, own. Right. That if that's yeah. what they hear, what's, that's what they hear. What's interesting about that like interpretation, though, is like he could actually put down the actual lyrics that he writes for a song. Like he can actually put that down on print, like put it in like discography, and you could still, you're still gonna get the like the a couple of dozen different interpretations well, sure. of like what right. he's actually yeah. like singing about. So like well, hiding, it's... hiding the actual like what he's. Now granted, I mean he wasn't, he didn't have any distorted vocals by any means. I mean if you're really paying attention, like you're gonna, you could probably write it down as you like as you went. Now I, I meant to say this quote at the beginning of this feature. Because I always think it's funny, and especially being a lyric guy, I find this quote particularly funny. Um, philosopher, ancient philosopher Voltaire, uh, he quoted as saying, "Anything too stupid to be said is sung." And I took offense to that when I first read that as a music fan, and then I listened to lyrics, <laughs> and he's not wrong. <laughs> He's not wrong. There are very few lyrics you could actually say conversationally and not be looked at. Can I give you another crazy. interpretation of that? Like, let's go back to like the like the the classic rock and like the classic like hair bands and like whatnot. Pedophilia. <laughs> Pretty much. Like, how many of the how many song lyrics actually sound like some form of like a weird fucking confession? Oh, dude, it like so it goes like, on and on. So like, like, yeah. Like, like your your love the outfield. Oh, dude. Seventeen. Yeah. She's only seventeen. She's only seventeen. <laughs> like, like, I always go with foreigner where it says, "Are you old enough?" It's like, like if you don't have to confess in yeah. court, confess in a song yeah. because. Yeah. Topic for another time, but I mean, that, like, if any of that stuff came out nowadays, good lord. But oh, it is coming Jesus. out now. There, you know, the thing is, is it's not hidden in hidden lyrics anymore. It's right out there. And I was thinking about this the other day. I don't know. She's only 17, isn't that? Well, I was thinking about this the other day. How the public reacts to certain things. It's like there's an invisible line. Um, and then all it takes is one artist to like go past that line with lyrically for the public to freak the fuck out. Um, back in my day, it was... I mean, granted, there were the whole Tipper Gore hearings and what have you on, like, rock and heavy metal. But the one I remember the most that caused the, like, oh, my God, people went apeshit over was Two Live Crew. Okay. Like, people went nuts over NWA and Straight Outta sure. Compton. Right, yeah. But it, that is more of a social commentary. So people wanted to just sweep that under the rug. Um, whereas, like, Two Live Crew is just talking about fucking. Fucking. And... Like, oh my god, like, people went apeshit. Apeshit. Like, oh, oh my god, he said horny. Like, Nicki Minaj says worse on Sesame Street. Probably. <laughs> like, <laughs> Nicki Minaj was on Sesame Street? I'm sure she was at some point. I'll bet you anything. It's not the same show I used to watch. <laughs> what? Every, everything's <laughs> wrong. <laughs> used to be Elmo and... I stand uh, to this day, one of the funniest things ever on television was Bert and Ernie going fishing. 
Yes, you know exactly what I'm talking about. He's yelling as loud as he possibly can. An official jump in, so he just starts screaming, and this big to this day, I'd probably die laughing if I actually saw it. I'm, I'm getting giggly just thinking. See, and the, like that was old when I was a kid. See, there was no Nicki Minaj back then, no, man. Like no. it was all fishy, fishy, fishy. fishy. Yeah, yeah. Well, you got the occasional music artist on Sesame Street back then, but yeah. And that creepy one where they were in the pyramid and the mummy. That one was creepy. You know what I'm talking about? You know exactly what I'm talking about. I know you do. Oh God, I love Sesame Raised on the street. Yeah. All right, I had a third one, but I'm gonna I'm going to defer to move it I'm gonna defer. We're gonna defer to like the literal main event because I, I like how Homeboy ding, ding. set this one up. So uh, for for mine, I, my issue with I did I did my research for uh, song meanings and, and and whatnot, and my issue is that they're all just random people being like, oh well, this is what I think. Oh well, this is what I think. So. I mean, and, and again, like we talked about, it, 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 that's how you, uh, everyone interprets the song differently. And, and, that's, oh, sure. and that's fine. It's completely fine. And, and it's, it's the point of songs half the time. So what I did is, is I have a few um, albums that actually have commentary from the actual artist hmm. on the song where it came from, XYZ. So what I'm going to do is I have, uh, I have six of them here. Uh, four different bands. So I figured I would... Um, I would uh, I would play the commentary for each song. We'll, uh, we'll we'll bring up the song first, kind of explain it if anyone knows it. You know, throw your words in there. So, we'll start it off. Uh, the first man, there's uh, two here. Uh, Papa Roach, both off of their Fear album, which uh, was released in 2015. Uh, the first song that uh, I picked is uh, Fear, Hate, and Love, which is actually a bonus song. It's actually the last song in the album, which is probably the heaviest of them. Um, so this is uh, Jacoby telling you what the song is about. This thing is pulverizingly, it's just, it's an assault. Straight up, man, you press play and it's just like, you're like in hyper gear right off the bat. It's just pedal to the metal and the record really needed a song like that. And it, it, it came from a place of abandonment. You know, I've, I've been through that in, uh, in my life. And I wanted to write a song that came from a little bit of a, you know, the eyes of somebody else. And, uh, you know, my family, we just took in uh, a kid named, by the name of Trey. He's 13 years old. Um, and he just kind of, he needed some stability in his life. And I got to learn a lot about him and, and his struggles and, and what he's been through in his life. And, you know, we can totally identify with each other. We've, uh, you know, we both have those absentee fathers. And uh, I wanted to write a song that wasn't, it's not necessarily completely autobiographical, but, uh, you know, it's not completely about him, but it's just about growing up, not knowing if you're loved. And and when you're young and you're going through that and, and, and your parents and your family falls apart, you know, there's a hole inside yourself, and, and and there's a lot of fear. You know, and, and, and it's it's all mixed up emotions. You know, there's hate in there because you're pissed 
for your family for falling apart, and then there's love, that, that, that missing love or that love for your family that you have that's been broken. And uh, I think just writing about those elements really humanizes uh, who we are as a rock band and the message that we bring. Fury uh, and Love is actually, it's a very good song. It's, it's probably the heaviest on that entire album. Um, I mean, Jacoby's a man. He's, he's, uh, he's you know, one of my fears in this world, like the, the last couple of years, like all the artists that we actually lost. I mean, every album that Papa Roach like comes out, like you can tell, like it, it almost has like that that same essence. So at least one or two tracks in it are gonna have like this, the the same. Like even going back like to the to, to the original. I feel like my, that's their wheelhouse. Like that's their wheelhouse. Uh, I, I know Jacoby. There's a part of me that like finds comfort in like hoping that like Jacoby actually like finds comfort like writing this in his music What's and like funny? he's sure. not going to take this out on himself and we don't have to worry about him being the next one we find in the closet in right. a, in well, a hotel What's funny room. is um, uh, this album Fear, which uh, 2015, is if you listen to the lyrics compared to like all their other stuff, this one is all about hope. It's all about the light at the end of the tunnel. So this is his kind of like he's, he's definitely changed in, in that sense. I know he he's was, gotten older. Yes, and like his drug thing's gone. Like he's completely, he went to rehab the whole nine yards, um, and, and he's come back. Which is, which this whole album's phenomenal because it's a whole different side of him, which is, which is awesome. Um, this whole, like I said, this album is actually is really good. Uh, the next one, uh, it's actually off the same album, Fear. This one is uh, Broken as Me. So when we showed up here in Vegas. I only had like one chorus written and uh, that was the chorus to Just As Broken As Me. And that was the first song we started with. And we wrote that song and finished that song. And I knew that we were onto something great when we when we finished that track. I was like, all right, cool. If this is the first thing we're gonna, we just did together, like I can't wait to see how it all comes out. My name's Kevin Churko. I'm one of the producers on the new Papa Roach album. Broken As Me. Uh, that was the first song that we kind of nailed. That was the first one that we did. And yeah, it's a pretty hard rocking track. I think that Jacoby had, a, a, you know, a good lyrical idea coming into the whole thing. And that was important. Um, and, you know, lyrically, the song is really about how we're all the same. We're all in the same situation. We all have issues, we all have problems. But, you know, you can't necessarily be resentful towards someone else for functioning at the limitations of themselves. You know, we're all have good things about us. We're all broken in many ways, you know. Especially, I think, the longer that you live, you know, the more baggage you, you have. Um, so I think that's, the message-wise, it's good. It's actually a positive message, even if it's a slightly, you know, negative lyric. Um, or it's negative-sounding lyric. It's actually a positive message. And I think it, it's kind of probably the middle point for the record, in a sense. It's not the heaviest song. It's not the lightest song. Not the poppiest, not the most metal. It's just right in the middle of the whole thing, and that probably is a good indication of what the album is. It's a great explanation. I would have, I would love to pick these guys' brains as to like how their music gets like constructed. Because like we've, we, I think we've asked like every artist that like comes on, it's like how their music how they gets write, written. Yeah. Like, does it do the tunes come first? Do the lyrics come first? Is it a combination of the two? Like, do you start with like a riff and then you like you add the like? Because like, these guys have such a great. <clears throat> Story to follow, I, guess? I can't think of the word I'm looking for. Like the the the, hmm. the continuity between 
the message that he portrays, like in like all of his oh, lyrics, they're, like they're, and the energy like that they their persona, produce. their band persona. It's just great. Like it's it's great. Uh, I've always loved Pod- Papa Roach. Papa to. Roach is a great, great, great band. Agreed. I don't mind Papa Roach. You can edit this out. So the last one I have is from Chevelle, and it, and it's completely as a joke because it's just fun. Send the pain below. So, no, it's uh, but uh, so just just be prepared for it. So make a giggle out of it, and you'll know it's a joke. Um, back into it. So uh, my my next band here, uh, I get two more from these guys. Uh, Trivium, uh, Mr. Matt Heafy. Uh, this is off the Ascendancy, probably my favorite album by them. The first song that we will go over Ugh. is uh, a gunshot to the head of trepidation. So Matt Heafy can take it away here. A gunshot to the head of trepidation was a very difficult song to write. Having come from a great family, I wanted to put myself in the headspace of someone who didn't come from a great family. That's something that a lot of people have to deal with. It's a terrible thing that anyone would ever have to deal with this, that would have to go through child abuse or have to witness domestic violence or have to grow up in a household that they were afraid to be there, whether because of a parent or a person living there or a sibling or whatever it may be. And I wanted this song to be the punching bag for the underdog. I wanted the person who had to go through what I'm talking about in the song, that had to go through the storytelling that is this song, to be able to have the shoulder to cry on. As I've mentioned before, I never want people to go to the negative aspect of where you can go when you're, you're, when you're down. And the issue with domestic violence and child abuse is that it's such a cycle. A person is raised in that, and later, if they're not able to recognize what was wrong about that situation, that it wasn't their fault, but it was the other person's fault, or the parent's fault, or the sibling's fault, or whoever had been abusing them mentally or physically. If they're not able to realize that, then it repeats. They repeat it to their children or to the people around them. And I want people to feel this and to look at this song and say, the outcome of the story of this song was that someone was able to create something out of it. And it's meant so much to me that I've met so many fans over our career who got that message, who understood that message, that a gunshot to the head of trepidation means putting that terror away, putting that away from you by allowing yourself to grow from it and learn from it and not harm yourself or anyone around you negatively from it, but to create something great from that. And I still hope to this day that people can find shelter in this song and to realize that there is a light at the end of the tunnel and life does get better. Uh, great song. Fantastic album. Oh, I love this album. Uh, I mean, Matt Hiffey, Matt Hiffey is also the man. Um, I know he's been uh, doing a lot of covers recently, uh, a lot of YouTube action. He's been covering songs himself with his guitar and his vocals and stuff, playing around with stuff. Um, Stay tuned, kids. In October, we will have a will. concert review we will. on Trivium. We might not duck out early on that one. I know I said that for the last one, but we might not so duck out. I have out. that week off. I'm all in, baby. I'm all in. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> um, next, uh, going up the same album, Ascendancy. This is the the, uh, the heavy hitter of the album, uh, Dying in Your Arms. Oh, that's a great, great song. Dying in Your Arms, it's it's a different song for the record. I remember we had an a and guy at our I label agree. who wanted to get this song off the record. They said it didn't fit. It wasn't going to make people happy. We didn't know what we were talking about. And we pushed for it. We felt like it was a great song. And amazingly, it's a great it was a song riff. that did incredibly well on the radio in the UK. 
And it's become one of our biggest songs in our set that we still play right alongside of our heaviest tunes. Die In Your Arms is about being in a relationship. For me, it was a relationship that I was in in my younger days. And it was something when you're in, when you're quote, in love as a kid, you feel like that's everything. You feel like that is your life. And that's all you think about and pulls you away from everything else that is you. And in this case, pulling me away from wanting to be creative. And it's about recognizing that, recognizing that infatuation with something wrong, with something that isn't the right thing for you. And it's about getting rid of that. It's about, once again, rising above something. It's the ascendancy of yourself to get away from something toxic in you. And it doesn't just have to be a relationship in the way that I referenced earlier, but it could be something like a friendship or a kinship or something that like a business partnership whatever it can be that's what i always want people to take from this that they can relate these songs into any topics of life that they may come across now if you actually listen to the ascendancy album and you get to dying in your arms there's two versions of dying in your arms i believe the extended version has the acoustic as well but like the original version of like dying in your arms you're gonna like get to the song you're gonna be like what the fuck Mm -hmm. because like this is not traditional, especially with this, the album Ascendancy. Like this was like completely out, like out of their window. But it's, I would honestly equate it, and pardon the comparison, but when Nothing Else Matters made it to like the Black album, like Nothing Else Matters like was written by like Hetfield, was never intended to be a Metallica song. I would be willing to bet that like this was actually written. Because you kind of was talking about that. It was like, well, this is that relationship that, like, you know, you're like, you're so, but you have to overcome, like, something that, like, you don't belong in, right. like, kind of a thing. Like, this is probably the most popular song, honestly. Well, well this is the one that, and you know, is, well, they have especially the, based the, off of, like, everything that was off of, like, Ascendancy, like, you know, the, like, Rain and, like, like, all that other, like, that stuff isn't going to hit the radio. No. This could. Oh, yeah, easily. This, I mean, well, they, I, have, they have the two versions. They have the one with the screaming and without the screaming. Yep. There is a there is an acoustic version of the song. There, you know, I actually I love the riff of the song. Like it's, I've always loved a trivium. Uh, trivium. They've always been good. Uh, uh, dude, I, I I dig a trivium. Like I can't, I can't wait for October no, I'm because so like they, they've been on my. I've bucket, never seen them. They've so been on I'm my so bucket excited. list. I'm probably buying like a t-shirt, a pair oh, of pants, yeah. a pair of underwear, <laughs> pair of some socks, socks, <laughs> toe rings, <laughs> like uh, nipple piercings, whatever. Yeah, this cock ring at the trivium show. <laughs> So I after have no use for it, but I like it. <laughs> what is it? What is it? October fourteenth? Is that what it is? Every so after October fourteenth, like you guys are gonna be like the insufferable bastard that's gonna be me as a trivium fan because I've loved these guys like ever since yeah. Ascendancy like came out, and like even like their their album prior to which the name is something Darkness. I can't think of it, but that's okay. Into the darkness. Ember to Inferno. Yeah, that's what I meant. Which is their... Okay. Uh, Ember into Inferno. That's their, uh, like, uh, industrial album. That w- that's when uh, Matt Heath, who was only on guitar, he was the lead singer. But great. Like, what a great band. I know a lot of people don't like the direction that, like, actually moved into. Like, when we started doing... Our, when we wanted to do artist profiles and whatnot, I think Trivium was, like, one of the ones that I... Or one oh, of the ones Crusade, I did. Showgun, I think I'm sorry. Trivium was one I did do, like, in the early do. episodes. You did. Which you have to go find on the, uh, the Google Drive. Uh, links, but dude, that's cool. That's cool. I'm de- like goosebumps, like listening to this shit. Uh, so next on my list, it's a uh, it's a singular. Um, Bullet for my Valentine, their album Temper Temper. 
which was, uh, was released in 2013, the 8th of the February. Um, so we are all know we all know Tears No Fall. That's their big their big heavy gun. Um, this uh, they they made a part two. So this is uh, Mr. Matt talk, talking about Tears No Fall part two. Tears Don't Fall Part 2 came about British as hell. from uh, an evening in Taiwan. I can't And we was kind of sitting around, sitting by the pool, just relaxing, having a beer, and kind of like discussing about what would be a cool song to do as maybe like a part two or a sequel to a song that we've done in the past. So, you know, it was something we wanted to do and didn't know whether we should do it or not. So we took to the internet and posted a big post on Facebook and all our kind of other internet outlets and, um, basically asked our fans, you know, if we were to do something like this, what would you want to hear? And kind of the overwhelming majority of the answers was basically from a song on our first record called Tears Don't Fall. So we were like, okay, that sounds cool. You know, people obviously are into it and they'd like to hear it. So the following morning, we um, took to the studio, took Tears Don't Fall, the original as a template, and kind of rewrote a sequel to that song. And it's come out pretty good. Mm. It's got all kind of the... Uh, all kind of the ingredients and passion and all the vibe from the first one, you know, but we didn't want to obviously copy it completely. We just used it as a template really for the keys and the tempos and stuff. And, you know, I don't really even delve into the lyrical content of the first song right until the end of the last song where it gets a little nod towards it, which I think is kind of cool because we didn't want to overplay it. So yeah, the fans spoke when we listened. Uh, personally, the, uh, this song's okay. It's not great. Not tears don't fall. Don't get me wrong. I mean, going with the Metallica, you have Unforgiven three now. So I mean, in reality, they they've always just been. I mean, why make a second part of this? Like, just make a new song. Like no one needs. It's not like yeah. a book or a movie where you got to keep going. Like just, I mean, just create new stuff. Uh, but it's interesting that they they actually use the template, which you can tell if if you listen to it and you know the original, like, you can you can hear a lot of the similarities. From the, uh, the small guitar notes here and there. Yeah, they follow the same pattern. Exactly. I mean, they open they open with like that nice like and that rhythmic heavy. They have like that little fill, and then they're gonna have like the the, the vocals. And then it goes to the heavier stuff here. Hmm. I'm again. I'm not a fan. I mean. So here we are listening to this, and uh, now I'm kind of angry. I mean, not angry, but like you know, it's like we, I think we've talked about this before, especially with, like the Unforgiven. It's like why, why, why are there parts? Why, do, why do we need part so, two? Um, I mean, on it to be completely uh, to the point, uh, this whole album isn't is very weak in my mind. Probably the weakest album. It's, it's okay. None of these songs stick out to me. I'm trying to remember what uh, temper, temp- temper, temper, had... temper was their their single, and it's it's okay. It it just sounds like. And that's, I don't know. I'm trying to remember. Not a big fan of the album. I, I feel like this was their, their low point for me. If I like anything off this album. Sorry, bear with me. I'm just checking the. Uh... Oh, POW is actually a good song. Okay. Power. Prisoner of War. Mm-hmm. Um, Pet Olives, uh, doggies. Uh, Olive Wolves. Pet Olive Wolves. And, uh... Okay. Petition on Walruses. P- 
POW was the only you, song bro. that I gave two shits about when this album came out. I hit pause on the wrong thing. <laughs> so, lastly, we have a little band known as Chevelle. Um, last, the most recent release from Chevelle, the North Corridor, is actually very good in my mind. It's extremely heavy. I didn't even realize they were still around. For uh, being a three-piece, I mean, it oh, God, makes, yeah. makes it even heavier. Very good album. So before that, a album known as Le Gargola, which is Spanish for the gargoyle, was released in 2014. Um, honestly, I didn't know the album existed, but I, uh, so 2014 of April, it reached number one in rock album charts. The song, Take Out the Gunman. I saw this, and I'm like, I didn't even know this album existed. So it's kind of like, okay, cool. So, um, we have a, a tidbit from, um... The dude. <laughs> from Mr. Pete Loifer, I guess you'd have to say that. L-O-E-F-F-I-E-R. Loifer. 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 Um... So this is him giving complete knowledge on the song, Take Out the Gunman. So the song, Take Out the Gunman, I've been getting a lot of questions, uh, Facebook and Twitter and all kinds of things about what the song's about. Is it anti-gun? Is it pro-gun? Um, and the truth is that Pete wrote the song and I don't really know what it's about. <laughs> um, that's the <laughs> that's awesome truth. insight. And he won't tell me because He's a bastard. <laughs> There's your knowledge for you. Yes! That's fucking great. You're welcome. I like that. I dream of so being in like know. a... I we dream of being... Know. I actually dream of being in like a tour bus like some days. Like, I don't know. Some dickhead wrote this song and he won't tell me what it's for, but he makes me sing the lyrics for it. I'm like, what does this mean? He's like, fuck you. Oh, the song's not bad. The album is, is meh. It's fine. Um... I mean, Chevelle's pretty much kept their sound. They oh shit! Yeah, they've, they've always been Chevelle. You know what Chevelle? I think this song is actually relatively mainstream. Uh, yeah. Um, I like Chevelle I said, the most recent mainstream is much heavier, so much better. But I thought it was funny that the fact that it became top of the chart, number one <laughs> rock album, rock song, and I had no idea it existed. I was like, okay, thanks. But that's, uh, that's my list for you guys. It's like, what's the message you're trying to send right now? I don't know what he was trying that to say. That guy's a prick, and he won't tell me. And he that guy it. back there, there's only two of them. Yeah, his brother being the drummer. <laughs> the guy that's not in the family, he blows. He sucks, the bassist. He didn't say he sucks, but you know, you know what we meant. Because you know what? When somebody pisses us off, that means they suck. TMU Dean Bernardini. Dude. Yep. Dude, that was great. Nice job. Awesome segment. I thought that would be a good one. It's time to grab another beer and then talk about it. This is the heavy metal over a six-pack beer review. Beers? You want to talk about the beers? Jay, you've been quiet today, bud. Why don't you talk about your beer? Talk about your beer, kid. My beer? Talk about your beer. My coffee porter. Does cold it taste brew like coffee? coffee stout. Ooh, cold brew. Mm. Coffee stout. <laughs> oatmeal stout. <clears throat> Brewed by Two Roads. I like Two Roads. Uh, I didn't even know they were a thing. 
uh, out of Stratford, Connecticut. Um, it's it's not bad. I don't really. I mean, the oatmeal stouts are okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not getting a whole lot of coffee from it. Berkshire makes a nice uh, oatmeal. Oh, Berkshire, yeah. Um, but uh, eh, three out of six, it's drinkable. Okay. Three out of six, very nice. I don't hate it. I can go next if you want. You've been talking a lot. I can, I can, I can fill it. All right, so it's currently September. Again, in October. That means it's Oktoberfest season. You put a K in front of that, my friend. Welcome to New England. It's Oktoberfest season. So yeah, what I've actually October. what I've actually weird. decided, like over the next couple of weeks' of episodes, I am going to dedicate Cock-tober. myself. Cock-tober. Inappropriate. I'm going to. I'm going to dedicate myself to. I'm, I'm ignoring these bastards behind me. <laughs> I'm dedicating myself to actually finding the killer Oktoberfest like, out there in the world. So what oh, I actually good. decided today to start with, I didn't go local, I didn't go obscure, I didn't go, I actually went with a brand called Sierra Nevada, and I went with the Sierra Nevada Oktoberfest, their 2018 version. The reason why I went with Sierra Nevada is because, you know what, there's two kinds of Oktoberfest out there. There's like really shitty Oktoberfest, and there's, um, there's actually legit authentic Oktoberfest where if you had a legit authentic Oktoberfest and I hate to pick on like Sam Adams or Wachusett Brewing or it's like anything name, like yeah. that but like the, fa- the fact is like the, the, that really pungent like kick you in the face flavor is not Oktoberfest like Oktoberfest is actually like very subtle nice malty sweetness with like the right amount of spice and like a great aftertaste so when you find like a legit Oktoberfest, it's like it's awesome. And like I have two mainstream favorites. Line and Googles. Line and Google and Sierra Nevada. Today I have Sierra Nevada Oktoberfest. If you want a legit close to home Oktoberfest, when I mean close to home, I mean way back in fucking whatever <laughs> Germany. This is the one you want to start with. And then beyond this, like the next couple of weeks, I am dedicated to actually finding more kick-ass killer Oktoberfest. If I have to go to festivals, I'll find it. If I have to go to breweries, I'll find it. If I have to go to fucking Germany, it's probably not going to happen this year, but I'll find it. Line and Google, four out of six. I'm sorry, Sierra Nevada, four out of six. Line and Google is good too. So I, I followed Jay on the, uh, the Porter nonsense. Uh, we have a heretic brewer, or brewing company, Tagline to release your inner heretic. Uh, this is a chocolate hazelnut porter, a rich, smooth ale. Ooh, hazelnut. Hazelnut. Mm-hmm. Hazelnut. Nice seven percent uh, alcohol volume for you there. Brutal. You feel that? Genuine right? craft beer, never filtered, <laughs> never pasteurized, no shortcuts. They are from Fairfield, California. Ah, it's liberal hazelnuts. Yeah, right. Um, it's, it's not bad. I've, I've had my share of porters. Just um, kidding if you're listening from California. I love you. But not it's, really. It's not, a, it's not as chocolatey as you would think if you're taking a Berkshire or Berkshire, any of the sorts. Um, it, it's pretty mild for the most part. It's not super heavy. It's not bad. Um, I would give it a four out of six. The high alcohol content helps a little, too. What was that? Four out of six out of all of us? What did you say? So. Three. Three. Oh, oh you only gave it three. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Great episode. Great episode. Awesome episode. I think, I, I think I think this was good. 
Nobody hates you, anybody. Look on the way out. No, that was a great. That was a great topic. I, I actually, I was, I was looking forward to the main event. It kind of, it, it occurred to me at like two o'clock in the morning, like Sunday to Monday. That's how they come. And I'm like, I got a message, you guys. We got to talk about some lyrics. I have a challenge for the next episode. Oh. Okay. I'll throw, I'll throw, I'll throw that out there, like on the airwaves. Do like it. maybe because the next episode is pretty special. Just so everybody knows, it's episode thirty. Ooh. That is a full 30 pack of episodes. The Dirty 30. The Dirty 30. So this is what I think needs to happen. So we calling the next episode the 30 rack? I don't, we don't have any guests lined up for, for episode 30. We're calling the next episode the 30 rack. I think we have to have show and tell. I think everybody needs to bring five actual hard copy CDs <laughs> to the show <laughs> to discuss. Sounds good. Because I think that would be fucking neat. One, because CDs don't exist anymore. So, like, what you fucking weirdos have in your CD closet. Do it. I was just going through CDs at a lot yard sale the other day. You have no idea what you just asked for. <laughs> so that's what I think. We'll you know what? You I said the number five. That's a that's an incorrect number. We're we're a show about six packs. I think we should bring six. six Let's do it. Six CDs out of the collection. Six hard copy CDs, and we can actually talk about the songs. We could talk about the artists. We could talk about what's in their books. Yeah, fuck I, it. I think that'd be fucking neat. So oh, stay tuned because good. we're not in trouble. This is gonna be awesome. What are you talking about? I am trouble. You know what? We'll keep we'll keep the not side the segments to a minimum. I'm, I'm gonna bring in some Tanzanian and Kenyan. Like, Dude, you take you take whatever 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 floats your boat, but I, I think that's gonna be a I think that's I'm gonna, gonna be bring a, in crest white strips. That's gonna be a killer. That's gonna be a killer idea for like episode number thirty. Like okay. I, I'm I'm digging that. Let's do oh, it. I think I have that Aqua album with Barbie Girl on. Hell yeah, too. I like the German one better. <laughs> Ramstein does a much better. You actually cover. bought the album. Ramstein. Oh, I got Ramstein. It. Uh, I, see, luckily I Napster it? Napster existed back when I was I there, so like I, I could actually I had LimeWire well, so, <laughs> or FrostWire. The copy I had is so it's possible I bought it for like a buck. My like TriGem desktop computer had probably thirteen thousand tracks off of Napster. Like when Lars Ulrich. <laughs> Was trying, to, uh, was trying to like sue all of us that like participated in Napster. Like I would have been like at the top of the list, I think. <laughs> you know, I had some great stuff though from like Lincoln Park and like Slipknot and like whatnot. I had like some backs. So it's it's too bad that like that's. I never used Napster. That was the LimeWire. iMesh was my first. I had Napster at school, man. Like, my drafting class, I would finish the project in, like, 20 minutes, and I could spend the rest of the time, like, just, like, downloading. Downloading music. Downloading, like, music. You're a pirate. Yar. Yar. I know we don't usually talk about this on the air, but that's what that's what I'm saying. I'm throwing, okay. that, I'm throwing that out there on the air. Like that's gonna be episode thirty, man. We're gonna we're, we're gonna dun, dun. we're gonna have a, a six pack. Hard copies. We're gonna have a six pack of show and tell. Hard copies. Six pack of show and tell and some fucking killer beer. Oh yeah. Is episode thirty coming up? And then after that, we'll see what happens. I like it. But anyway, the rest yeah. of you. Yeah. Rest of you fuckers. I um. I don't know. I don't want to tell you where to find us anymore because we're, we're, we can be found everywhere except for everywhere. Spotify because, you know, whatever. Screw, screw Spotify and their fucking judgy, judgy, judgmental judginess. Judgikins. I'll tell you. Tune in radio app, iHeart radio app, iTunes, Google Play. 
our uh, fabulous host site, Podomatic, HMOA, number six, P-A-C-K, at gmail.com. If you want to email us directly, we love, uh, we love your feedback. Email of the day. We're still waiting. Still Tell waiting. us what your favorite lyrics are. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, we can be found on Facebook. If you uh, just look up uh, the uh, Heavy Metal Over a Six Pack, we are on um, the Instagram, kind of. I'm, I'm going to, full disclosure, I'm not on Instagram very often. I have not updated a lot of photos there, but I am on Twitter. Gross. At HMOA number six, P-A-C-K. Birds. Birds everywhere. On that. Poked you in the head. The fuck out of here. See you episode 30. See ya. Peace. This episode, another fun-filled day in the world of heavy metal over a six-pack. This is Anthony, Marcus, and Jay signing off. See you next time.